0: Where I had come to a Sunday night church service, and um, I had been coming to church for a couple months, off and on. I really loved hearing them talk about the Word of God because I never read the Bible, never. I mean, like you know, bits and pieces here and there. And so I, I would, I would listen to it, and it was just so cool. I loved it. I loved hearing it. I didn't care about the music at all. Sorry, worship team. I just, I just would walk in and go. Oy. in fact, I would come. Like many of you, 20, 25 minutes late, and uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and I'd leave early uh, because, uh, in particular, at the end, they would ask this question, and I just didn't want to hear the question because I didn't want to answer it, so I'd leave. Um, and then one Sunday I, night I came, and, and there was a guest evangelist speaking, and I just thought, who is this? I didn't know there were other evangelists besides Billy Graham. And so I, I, I was a little frustrated. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to stay. I mean, I don't even know this guy. And so anyway, uh, I said, I, I reasoned, well, you know, I already drove across town to be here. I might as well stay. And on that night, the guest speaker w- was named Mario Murillo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. But, uh, uh, and he preached the message. And uh, I, interestingly, I still have the cassette tape, tells you how long ago it was. I offered to give it to someone to listen to and I asked them if they even had a cassette tape and they're in the television industry and they said, I think I can find one. <laughs> I said, oh man. But that was the night I gave my life to Christ. And you know, um, I, I you know I, I I committed all in. All in. And I say all of that to say that he's coming into town on May the thirteenth through the eighteenth. And we'd like to be involved in it in, 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 a, in a profound way. They're going to be uh, doing a tent revival at um, Grapevine Fellowship, which is a four square church that's over by Cashman Field in a wonderful neighborhood, I think. Um, wonderful neighborhood. Um, some of y'all know that as, that's not really Northtown, is it? I'm not sure what you'd call that, but it is definitely the hood. And uh, it's a great place for an outreach. And so uh, I have some, you know, first service. I am so sorry. They're so greedy about this stuff. They took most of these. Uh, These are invites to that outreach. I'll get more. They're starting on 6 o'clock on Mother's Day. And you might think, why would they do that? The reasoning is they believe that as they go door to door and not, you know, past the the gangbangers and, and whatever might be out front, they're going door to door asking for moms. And they're telling moms, do you want your children to get born again? Have them come to this. And I just think it's going to be fantastic. There's a, there's a lot of energy behind it right now. And so I wanted you to be aware of that so that uh, you could uh, participate as, as the Lord leads you in that. Um, let's all stand and we'll pray and get into God's Word. I'm excited about heaven. I don't know. Have you guys thought about heaven much this week? Or has your week been kind of hellish <laughs> instead? Ah I get it, I get it uh, let 's pray why don 't we join hands across the aisles, please? <clears throat> Yay, see the Bible says though we are many, we are one body, one body, different cultures, different races, different ethnic uh, backgrounds uh, all the beauty of 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 heaven is that it 'll be like this we 'll all be united together, and there'll be people from every tribe, nation, kindred, and tongue. All people groups will be represented at the throne of God. So Lord, as a picture of that right now, we join hands together and thank you that we can be a part of this amazing um, body called the church. And God, that as we open up your word this morning, that you would speak by your Holy Spirit. Would you help us to Wipe away the things that have us distracted right now. Would you cause us to uh, wipe our heart clean of what our expectations are? Of what we think you might say? And, we, and, and would you give us a heart to say, Lord, uh, here am I. Speak. Say what you want to say and give me ears to hear that I might respond. And, and Lord, would you remove barriers that we have set up, some of which are deeply entrenched and have been a part of our mind and our heart for years and years that we've not been able to cross that bridge, even as I for months sat in church but would not commit. Would you remove those barriers, whatever they are, and give us ears to hear and Lord, give us that dose of grace that we need to even respond to your word. And we thank you that your word will accomplish what only it can do. Because your word is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. And it will always do what you have purposed it to do. Always, every time. Lord, may we not resist your word this morning. And I, I thank you that, uh, that, that, uh, that you have the floor and that you are speaking. Would you use this vessel And open our ears to hear what it is you have to say. We give you all the thanks and all the praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would, please. Um. J. C. Riley said this: Before we go to our eternal home, we should try to become acquainted with it. Makes sense. Uh, life can be a little complicated. Would you agree with me? Uh, there are seasons where uh, maybe you've said this. You know what? If it ain't one thing, it's another. You know, something happens, and then boom, something else happens, and then. You're like, are you kidding me? That did not just happen. And you think, what is going on? Sometimes life is like that. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll get so wrapped up and so focused on these things that I kind of lose sight of, of big picture stuff, I lose sight of, of what, what, what life is really all about. Uh, we're supposed to be focused on, on heaven and things above, and sometimes I'm so wrapped up in the, in the, in the minutia of today that I'm not thinking about heaven. You know, and I'm like not even, you know, I don't know. Uh, can anybody relate to that? Anybody? A couple of you. All right, others don't have that issue. You can come and share if you'd like. I'll sit down and learn from you. Um, life is a journey, and, and sometimes heaven as our destination in my life just seems like it's so far away, like it's, like it's way, not so much distance-wise, because you can't measure the distance. I think it's, I think it's infinitely above, or I, I believe it's above, but, but, but I live in this challenge of trying to have a heavenly mindset while I'm here on earth. Uh, I I live, I live in that, in that realm and sometimes it's like a, like this long journey. You know, like when you're going on a trip, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's a drive that's four or five hours and, 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 you know, when you get in the car, like maybe you're all excited about it and you're, you know, yeah, I can't wait. And then you get in the car and you look at the clock and you go, man, we got four more hours. And you're like, dang, it's going to take forever. Are we there yet? No, we haven't left. Las Vegas yet. Um, like a trip to Newport. You know, I love the beach. Uh, it's just me. It's cheap entertainment. Uh, that's how we view it. You know, <laughs> Newport happens to be my favorite. Um, you know, Balboa bars right there off the pier. If any of you are familiar with that. Um, and, and then the pizza place around the corner, beach pizza is no longer there because they, uh, the, the guy who owned the place is, is, I'm sure he's a missionary in Vietnam right now because he ministers to orphans and stuff like that. And so, uh, but I love, I love Newport and, 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 but you know, when you, when you, the, the drive there can be a long drive and there's a little bit of excitement until you realize, man, I got four more hours. And, and then you pass by that, that hideous thermometer and Baker that tells you it's 160 degrees. And you're like, man, we're, we're never going to get there. Never. But, but then as you get, you know, as you get, you know, you kind of, Come down the mountain, right? You're in the, you're in SoCal, and you, know, you make that, um, and you know San Bernardino Mountains. You know, get through the traffic. You know, in in the in uh, Ontario, and and you make that turn onto the 91, and then you start going. Some of you feeling the breeze, right? You almost to the point where you can put turn your air off, put the windows down, but not quite yet. You get to Newport Boulevard, right? And it's like, yeah, you're slowing down. There's traffic, but, but you know, you're know you almost there. And I'm so excited, like it's there. And then, boom, there we go. And we, we, uh, we're at the beach and uh, 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 we're, everyone's, it's a beautiful thing. And we're not thinking desert at all. We're just getting to the water as fast as we can as soon as we find a parking place, which it's against my religion to pay uh, for parking at the beach. <laughs> and it is... We do pray for a parking anointing when we go to Newport, and so far, God's been gracious to us, and we've met some amazing people. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I love it. I love it. But uh, Scripture tells us to have that we're almost there mindset today, even though heaven is way down the way, maybe, maybe. It, it, we're, we're, to, we're to fix our minds on things above, and recognize that that I live in a twenty four seven continuum. That this this walk with Jesus is not just Sunday church, Tuesday light group, or um, you know my quiet time. That it's a it's a continuum that I live in. Uh, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have to have a designated time to be with God because I'm supposed to always be with God. Uh, there's a, a book written by uh, brother uh, brother Lawrence called uh, Practicing the Presence of God. And in that book, he talked about, he was a, he was a monk, but he worked in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, uh, um, the kitchen. And he talked about how he is every bit in the presence of God when they're cooking, they're, there's noise, there's pots and pans banging and people running all over the place. He is every bit in the presence of God in those times as he is when he's in the solitude and quietness of his own heart with the Lord. See, see, that's, that's, that helps me to have a heavenly perspective about, about things. Um, and so that's where I want to get, I'm getting there and this study on, on heaven has helped me a little bit. And maybe it's helped you as well. Um, and maybe if we got a little bit better picture of exactly what heaven is like, uh, that would help us. Now, uh, there are those who say, you know, well, we don't know a whole lot about heaven. And I just think that, I just think we do. And I think that we have what God wants us to have. If there's some aspect of heaven that he hasn't told us, I'm okay with that. I don't need to know that. But what I do know uh, are things that I want to really uh, look forward to and, and grow in. Can you say amen to that? So I looked on Amazon uh, and I, I, I typed in heaven. There were 300,000 uh, uh, related entries, books, whatever, videos. And uh, here's some of the titles, so maybe we can learn a little bit about heaven by looking at these titles, like uh, Angel Armies Releasing the Warriors of Heaven. That sounds like a good book. How about this? Earthbound Heaven Sent. Hmm. How about this book, Heaven? Randy Alcorn. Highly recommend it. How about this one? Imagine Heaven, Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future that Awaits You. Is that not a good title? Yeah. Um... A Place Called Heaven, Ten Surprising Truths About Your Eternal Home. How about this one? Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey Into the Afterlife. By the way, Living Grace does not endorse any of these books. I can't tell you if they're Christian or not. These are just titles, all right? Um, you know, yeah, man, I went and got this book. It doesn't even... Anyway, uh, no, I'm not saying that. All right. Uh, answers to your questions about heaven. Heaven is... Biblical Answers to Common Question, Seven Lessons from Heaven. I thought, what? Okay. Um, Here's a good one. How Dying Taught Me to Live a Joy-Filled Life. The Five People You Meet in Heaven. And I thought, only five? (laughs) Oh, and here's one book I hardly recommend. It's called The Heaven Answer Book by Billy Graham. Yeah, you can bank on that. Yeah. And so, um, what are we supposed to believe? Preconceived ideas, artist's renderings, books, pictures, movies? Well, uh, what's it exactly going to be like? Like, is everybody going to be wearing white? Uh, Are we going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp, singing? Songs consistently, is heaven going to be like a really long, boring church service? <laughs> we might have some preconceptions about what church is like that um, don't really apply. Because you know what? Church is not like that. Uh, heaven is a real place. And it's, it's filled to the nth degree, the infinite amount, with dimensions that you can't even imagine, uh, uh, imagine. Colors, sounds, feelings, joy, music, responsibility, um, sights, sound. I can, if we were to step into heaven right now, I think it would absolutely change your life. I, I think it would revolutionize our thinking and our way of living. Um, Paul the Apostle said that he was caught up into the third heaven. That's the abode the, the, the of God. And he said, I saw things that are unspeakable. I can't even describe to you what I saw. And he said, it was so amazing that God gave me a thorn in my flesh to keep me humble. <laughs> it was like, oh, you went to heaven, huh? Oh, what, whatever that was, we don't know. But it was so amazing that he had to be humbled. That, now, you know, that's that's amazing. Right? And so I want to, before we answer a question, what happens when you die? I want to talk about briefly one aspect of what we talked about last week, that next slide about paradise lost in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. I believe Genesis was designed to last forever and that everything in there was to be enjoyed by people for all eternity. However, Adam and Eve did not eat of the tree of life, and you know that they sinned in that. But originally, things were meant to last forever. Genesis chapter 1 and 2, if you want to uh, um, categorize the Bible, would be the first heaven, I I think, heaven on earth, let's call it that. And then from Genesis chapter three to Revelation chapter twenty is the is the whole meat of of, of Abraham and Israel and King David and Jesus and the cross and the resurrection and salvation. Um, that's the whole. That's a pretty. We're in that gap right there, and 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 so then you have Revelation chapter twenty one and twenty two, which is when everything shifts, okay, into the new heavens and the new earth. So. In Genesis one, you had original mankind, fallen mankind from Genesis three to Revelation twenty. Some believe, some are transformed, some come to Christ, and then in twenty one and twenty two, resurrected mankind. Uh, this is from Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. You have in Genesis one two the original earth, and then fallen earth with with some glimpses of the original, but drastically changed. And then you have the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, God delegates earth's reign to Mankind, as, as we were co-regents with God, uh, and then all of that changed now, leadership of the planet is, is all muddled, God is still in control, but man is fallen, and Satan is the God, small G-O-D of this earth. Um, and the new heavens and the new earth, God delegates uh, some responsibility to righteous mankind. Uh, here's another thing, creation and mankind are perfect in Genesis 1 and 2, and then Creation and mankind are tainted by sin. And then creation and mankind are restored. Genesis 1 and 2, mankind is in the ideal, perfect place. And then Genesis 3 through Revelation 20, mankind is banished, struggles, um, uh, fallen places, sin. Mankind in Revelation 21, 22 is restored. Uh, to even better than what was before. See, and here's the thing about that. I believe that Christianity gives the best answer to evil in the world. When people say, why is there such evil in the world? When we see things, unspeakable horrors, um, no worldview gets to pass that off without an answer. Whatever someone believes, they have to answer the question of why such tragic things are happening and have happened on this planet. And as mankind is supposed to be getting more enlightened and more better, things are getting worse and worse. And and so I believe that the Bible gives the best answer for that. It starts out with everything was perfect. Man rebelled against God. And as a result of that, our hearts are corrupt. We uh, will always run to evil one way or another. Power corrupts, money corrupts. uh, And if we don't have that, we can still be that, that... That the earth was once perfect, now it's fallen. Creation once was in line with God, now it's not. And everything is all messed up right now. And it's a result of sin. It's not a result of economics. It's not a result of the elite. It's not a result of secularism. It is a result of sin. And so our hearts are have rebelled against God and all the world is in the state that it is. And yet one day it will be restored and it will be better than it was before. Can you say amen to that? That to me is the best answer for why things are the way that they are. And that's a quick snapshot of where we have been. Um, But let's look at this. And let me ask you this question. If you were to die tonight, are you absolutely sure that you would go to heaven? Are you... Convinced, utterly convinced, without a, sh- a shadow of any doubt. Please keep in mind that every one of us is one accident or freak thing away from being, not being here. It can happen in an instant. Uh, 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 and the thing about it is, is, is we never know. We assume, like me, we assume that we have tomorrow. And the reality is we don't. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. You got this moment right now. We don't even know if we'll have tonight. We assume that we will. And the Bible says that's how life is. It's like a mist. It's like a vapor. And if you were to die right now, are you are you utterly convinced that you'd go to heaven? And, and if not, what would happen after you die? Where would you go? What's next? Well, for the here and the now, for those who are who are believers in Jesus and trusting in him for the answer to this question, here's the first thing that happens. Uh, the angels take your soul to heaven. That's the first thing that happens. The angels come and get you, and they take your soul to heaven. Let me give you my reasoning for that. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. This is not a parable, because in the parables, Jesus never used personal names. This is a parable of a, a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. A story, a, a, what I believe to be true characters, not a parable. It says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared. What's that word say? So, okay, sumptuously. All right, this dude had it going on, right? He was wealthy. Lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? He was on the top floor at a hotel. He wasn't on the bottom floor. He walked in without reservations and get a room. This was him, okay? He had it all. He lived sumptuously. And how often did he do that? Every day. Listen, very, 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 very few people live that way in these days. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who, who was laid at his gate, uh, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So, the point of that, is that's, the, that's the, 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 the pretext of our story, but is that the angels come and take your soul to heaven. Uh, if you're familiar with the story of Jim Elliott and the five missionaries that were killed by the uh, Yukon Indians, uh, uh, it's an amazing story. I highly recommend a song by uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman that uh, uh, has, uh, has that... Uh, It's called "No Greater Love." It's an amazing song, and at the end of it is a special surprise. If you've never heard it, Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, "No Greater Love." And anyway, uh, this this tribe of really savages, if I could use that terminology, I'm not sure what the politically correct term is, but uh, these murderous people who killed everyone and themselves uh, would have uh, 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 and killed these five missionaries uh, later as a result of the, the missionary work of the wives who went back to this tribe, uh, they came to know Jesus. And they tell the story of how when these missionary dies, died uh, as, as they were looking at the bodies, that there were these whites, uh, uh, not so much white as, as in brightly co- uh, uh, clothed figures that came, they saw. This is what their testimony. They came down and they took some part of their bodies and they went back up to heaven and they saw that. They saw that. And they would have no context for that except later on when they became born again and they read about it in the scriptures. And the whole tribe came to know Jesus, by the way. Kaye, <clears throat> one of the tribal leaders, says we were bad, very, very bad people. Secondly, you're immediately in the presence of God. I believe that. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's the context of that scripture. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul the apostle was looking forward to his death as the lever or what would spring him into the presence of God where he said now I see dimly but then face to face there's another man in the scriptures Isaiah who got an opportunity to go to heaven and what he saw was pretty amazing so i want to give you a little bit of a little more backdrop from the Old Testament Um, he says I I, I saw the Lord sitting uh, Isaiah chapter 6 I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple what did that look like Okay, above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one cried to another, here it is, it's the it's the billboard number one song of heaven, get ready, it's, it's not a long song, but it's a profound song, and, and it goes on and on and on, and it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. It says, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Isaiah says, woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah says, you know what? I am not going to survive this. You can't see what I just saw and live. I'm a dead man. So can I say to you that heaven is an amazingly, awesomely, awful place? No, no, not bad. Awful as in awe-inspiring, incredibly amazing, the beauty and the majesty and the holiness of God. The song that he sings is, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Uh, is the Lord of hosts? The whole earth is full of His glory. And 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 in in Hebrew, uh, when something was repeated twice, that was that was emphasis. Like Jesus would say uh, in the Old in the King James, "Verily, verily," or he'd say, uh, basically, "Listen, listen to this, listen." And he'd say it twice, and you go, "Oh, wait a minute." There, there's that terminology, but here it's. Holy, holy, holy. The holiness of God is extenuated. Is like two words. One isn't enough. Two isn't enough. Th- three times and, and the Hebrews would go, whoa. That's magnified, the holiness of God. Ah, I believe that when you die as a follower of Jesus, you're immediately in his presence. I also believe that you're conscious, you're thinking, you're feeling, you're desiring, and you're seeing. Back to our story in Luke chapter 16, it says, And being in torment in Hades, he filled up his eyes, he lifted up his eyes and saw, this was the rich man, and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, so in this time before Jesus died and rose to go be with the Father and take those with him who were in this place called Abraham's bosom, there seems to be two compartments of this place. One place was called Abraham's bosom paradise and another place was this place called Hades where this where this rich man is. The poor man goes to Abraham's bosom. The other one goes to this place, all right? And so it says that, Um, He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So there's a place of peace and comfort and safety. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am, what's that word? Tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. Now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to to you cannot, nor can those uh, from there pass to us. And he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him uh, uh, to my father's house for I have five brothers and he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment Abraham said to him they have Moses and the prophets let them hear them and he said no father Abraham but if one uh, uh, does to them a uh, ghost to them from the dead they will repent but he said if they do not hear Moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded though one rise from the dead Okay, we, break, uh, we, we can't break this thing down, you know, because there's so much here. But let me give you some high points. There's apparently recognition of others. Notice the rich man looks to the other side, and he sees Abraham, and he sees Lazarus. So he's able to recognize, I believe in heaven, we'll be able to recognize one another. We'll be like, yo, yo, what's up, Mookie? I can't, be- I can't believe you're here. And Mookie will go, no, I can't believe you're here, okay? It's a miracle. Now, I truly believe now. No, I mean, like, right? <laughs> How did Ray Ray make it to, anyway, I'm not gonna ask. I learned, I've been, I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask. I'm just glad I'm here, right? <laughs> right? Recognition. There's also the ability to communicate. I mean, they're having conversation. I don't know what that's like, but they are. Here's another thing. The rich man is concerned about those who are left behind. It's interesting because this suggests that we have some sense of remembrance of others still here. Okay, now whether or not Lazarus has that or not, we don't know. But this man does. And what that tells me Is that he desires them to be warned of this place of torment. But it will be an unfulfilled desire. So apparently in hell there will be disappointment and despair. And the knowledge that things did not have to be the way that they were. Here's the issue. The rich man did not take the word of God seriously when he was alive. And perhaps he thought that because he had everything that he needed, he didn't need God or his word. Because he'll just buy his way out of whatever. Maybe. Apparently, his brothers didn't take the word seriously either. So he believes that if one raises from the dead, and appears to them that they would listen. Lazarus, in the Bible, raised from the dead. And you know what they wanted to do to him? They wanted to kill him. How do you do that? Like how much spare time do you have where you want to try to kill a man that just got raised from the dead? That makes no sense. I mean, didn't anyone say, how foolish are you? What if he just raises from the dead again? I mean, I don't know. Jesus raised from the dead. And multitudes and multitudes refused to believe it to this day. He says, even if someone raises from the dead. By the way, Lazarus apparently believed. The rich man did not. It had nothing to do with being poor or being rich, but everything to do with their response to the word of God. Well, I believe there's a future component of what heaven will be like and what we will all experience as well. I believe, according to Revelation chapter 4, that in the future, there will be the most amazing worship set that you've ever been a part of. And all the worship leaders said, Amen. Amen. I would suggest that you spend some time learning some praise and worship songs because when we get to heaven, we're going to be singing, be praising, and I think there's greater dimensions of that Revelation chapter four says this, immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like jasper, and a sardust stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, an appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the throne sat 24 elders, sitting clothed in white robes. They had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. John is hearing all of this. So apparently, they'll be hearing and sounds and pretty big bass, uh, apparently. Booming bass in heaven. For all of you, like that? Seven lamps of... You like that? Okay. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And they do not rest day or night saying, are you ready for this? Here it is. It's the number one billboard top song in heaven. Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is. To... Can we say that together? Yes. Can we just sing it together? Okay. Ready? Holy, 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 the Lord, Lord Almighty, who was, and is, and who is, is, and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by uh, your will they exist and were created. Before the throne uh, there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Ah, okay, that's pretty amazing. Living creatures full of eyes. (laughs) Stop looking at me. Whoa, it's terrific. It's terrifying. It's holy. It's awesome. It's amazing. And you're in it. You're there, which is the most amazing part. You get to experience all this. Spurgeon in his teaching Holy Song from Happy Saints said, Knowing angels should worship God uh, should prompt our worship also. Do we have any less to praise him or thank him for? Do we sing as much as the birds do? Yet what have birds to sing about compared to us? Do we sing as much as the angels do? Yet they were never redeemed by the blood of Christ. Birds of the air, shall you excel me? Angels, shall you exceed me? Uh, you have done so, but I intend to emulate you and day by day and night by night pour forth my soul in sacred song you will enter into the greatest worship set of all time. That just gets better and better and better. I believe this also is regarding the future. It says, uh, I believe you'll be joined by all living Christians when Jesus raptures the church. Paul the Apostle says, we who are alive will be caught up together. We call that the rapture and meet the Lord in the air. Therefore, comfort one another with these words and we'll be with him forever. Okay, so the rapture of the church from the earth and, the, the, uh, and, and we'll be judged in what's called the Bema judgment seat. Christians will be judged in heaven, not the white throne judgment. But you will be judged, as will I, for what we do with our time here on earth and what we do for the gospel. By the way, that'll be our theme next week and Alan will be sharing that word about Treasures in heaven and rewards in heaven and how to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Okay. Um, Also, you'll enjoy the marriage supper of the lamb in heaven with Jesus and his bride, the church, which you will have an invitation at the table if you're a follower of Christ. All right. So. 2 Corinthians 5.9 says this, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, also called the Bema seat, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. There's a judgment coming, church, not white throne judgment. But we will be evaluated in heaven for all that we do And will be rewarded as such. That's all I'm going to say about that. Not to steal any thunder for next week. Because I want you to come back and hear it. Revelation 6.10. This is pretty amazing right here. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters. And as the sound of mighty thunderings. There's the booming bass again. Mighty waters, thunderings saying this is the voice of the great multitude saying hallelujah for the lord god omnipotent reigns let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready who's the wife the church who's the church you do you realize there is a A banquet in heaven that you have been invited to, and you will have a seat at the table. And it's very likely that Jesus will come down from his throne and will be serving us at that banquet table. According to one parable, we can't say for sure, but it's all good. It says, And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. You get clothes. When you come to the, 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 you know, you can't just be wearing any old thing. Coming in there with a, you know, I don't know, Dallas Cowboys, you know, hat. No, no, no. You can't be coming in. Hey. Then he said to me, right, bless are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me. These are true sayings of God, and I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see, that you do not do that from a fellow servant of, and, uh, and of your brethren with whom have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Seven-year tribulation is coming to an end, but first there's a dinner in heaven, the marriage festival of the Lamb. The Bible in the New Testament speaks about the church being the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom. Ephesians talks about, about that relationship. It's a picture. And then we're told in Revelation that there's going to be a dinner. And we'll all be there. And Jesus made a promise in Mark 14, 25. He said, assuredly, I say to you that I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He says, I'm not having any more communion, fellas. The next communion I have is going to be at the table in heaven with the church all around, dressed in fine linen and uh, uh, splendor. The church, spotless and pure, not because we're so good or so righteous, but because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Do you have an appointment at that table? Oh, church, tell me you do. Tell me you do. Tell me you've already responded to the invitation. Don't miss it. We will wait for God's judgment of the earth at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, there will be a body resurrection that takes place, and then we judge alongside of Christ, and we rule alongside of him for a 1,000 years. I realize this is a lot of information, but I want to get to the, the last part. We're almost done. How many of you believe a preacher when he says we're almost done? How many of you? No one. Okay. In conclusion... Revelation 24 says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and the judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshiped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years had finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. At the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, where Jesus is reigning and ruling on earth from Jerusalem, Satan is released to deceive the nations. He does. And then we will see the judgment, the righteous justice, of God leaving upon mankind one final time. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, where Satan, his demonic forces, and those who rebel against God will be judged at the white throne judgment. And then we will witness the new heavens and the new earth. (laughs) Revelation chapter 21. Remember what we lost in Eden. Remember, remember, paradise lost. Revelation chapter 21, heaven restored. The fullness of it. We have a glimpse of it now. Okay, we're almost done. Seriously. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. That is, they'd vanished. And there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed like a bride ordained, uh, adorned for her husband. And I heard a vo- heard, then I heard a loud voice from the throne. A lot of loud stuff going on in heaven. You ever think heaven's quiet? Lord, do you hear me? You're so silent. There's all kinds of noise in heaven. In a good way. Loud voices. Saying, the tabernacle, the dwelling of God, is among men, and He will live among them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God, and He will wi- oh, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be, uh, and there will no uh, no longer be death. There will no longer be sorrow and anguish or crying or pain for the former things have what? The former things have what? The former things have what? Passed away. away. What does it say next? Oh, you don't have that. Oh, I'm thinking, why aren't you speaking? (laughs) And it it says, and he... who sits on the throne? Uh, said, "Behold, I'm making all things new." Okay, think about the absolute best that could happen today. The absolute best that could happen. The absolute most amazing feeling that you've ever. If someone were to say to you, "What's the most amazing feeling that you ever had?" What would it be? Maybe it, was, maybe it was the day you got married. Uh, maybe it was uh, some other relational thing. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the, 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 the best sunset that you that just took your breath away. Or maybe it was a, a sunrise that you saw. The greatest hike that you ever took. The greatest swim that you ever swam. The greatest shot you ever made. The best um, uh, uh, deal that you ever closed. Um, the, uh, the deepest love that you ever felt. Uh, the the greatest sense of accomplishment, whether you were a follower of Christ or not, but something that just made you celebrate. Uh, Maybe it was, you know, uh, uh, something in nature. Maybe it was just the the crack of thunder in the mountains that made you go, whoa, that was awesome. What's, What's the best experience that you've ever felt? Fill in the blank, the best food that you've ever tasted the time where we like the like the commercials oh it doesn't get any better than this i assure you it does get better than this because all of those things are just a, a like like a small uh, not even a small drop in an ocean of what god has for you in heaven it's it it can't compare and and praise god Life is hard, but there's good things that happen. There's exhilarating things that happen. There's things that give you joy and pleasure when you hold your baby for the first time. You know, you go in at two and leave as three, you know, or, or you hold your grandkids, which I'm told is, is also uh, amazing, and you start to spoil them immediately. But uh, uh, what a feeling. And then to give them back to, oh, there you go, and they're all sugared up and full of gifts, and now you handle them. Oh, how fun. It's It's awesome right? And I know life is hard and I know that we're messed up people in a messed up world and it's difficult, but there's things that happen that are exhilarating. And it's, it's only just the tip of what God has for you. It's just the tip of what God has for you. And you know what else? There's a marriage festival. There's dinner in heaven. There's a seat reserved for you. You know what that tells me? It's quite possible there's food in heaven. Yeah, I just got all the guys' attention. Like, what? What? The absolute best tacos you could ever... <laughs> Greek, of course, of course. Mediterranean, I don't know. I don't know. But if there's a... I don't think it's symbolic that there's a table in heaven for the, for the, for the, for the church. I think there's food and drink. I don't think anyone's going to go, Ooh, I hate this. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think anyone's going to say in heaven, there's nothing to eat up here. I mean, I don't know. Is that that something to look forward to? Does that give you hope? I mean, what's the best that this environment has? Multiply it by infinity, and that's what God has for you. And so let that encourage you. Let that give you hope. Let that help you take a deep breath. Because sometimes weeping endures for a night. But joy comes in the morning. and Even if the morning is when you see him face to face. I guess there's always something to look forward to. I guess. I guess. Can you say amen to that? Let me close with telling you this. We will enter into the land of no more. Or as some say no more, because <laughs> there will be every tear wiped away, no death, no sorrow, no anguish, anguish, no crying, no pain, no sin, no disappointment, no competition, no uh, no hurt, no harsh words. No evil looks. No rolling of the eyes. No, you're worthless. No, none of that. All gone. All gone. How many would say, come quickly, Lord Jesus? Come quickly. Let me close with this. Let me close with this and we're going to take a missions offering. I have some exciting news about South Sudan. Are you absolutely sure that you'll be at this place. Who wouldn't want to be? Who wouldn't want to be? Who wouldn't want the question answered, what happens when I die? And who wouldn't want to know that there's more than this life, that this isn't all there is? Because if this is all there is, life's a crapshoot. It's just random chance plus time. Hope you're on the right side of the tracks, dude. Sucks to be you if you're not. That's all there is. That's reality. That's reality. Jesus, we thank you for your amazing plans, purposes for heaven. We can't thank you enough. We can't. So we'll spend all of eternity. And Lord, would you help us to start right now? And God, a prayer for anyone here who's never experienced your love and your grace in a personal way. That, Lord, you would open their hearts today to receive your grace, your mercy, your love, your joy, the expectation that you have. As we close this morning, if, you've, if you're stirred in your heart, maybe you grew up in a religious background, maybe you grew up knowing about God, but you don't really know him. Maybe you're close, but you're not all in. But today you would say, God, forgive me my sins. I need you. And not just because of heaven, but I need you in my life. And I want to give you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord. If you've never done it before, and today you would say, yes, I need Jesus. Would you lift up your hand? Would you just say, yes, that's me. I need you, Lord. I need you, God. God, I'm reaching out to you. Anybody at all? I just want to give you that opportunity. If you've never done it before, anyone at all would say, yes, yes, Jesus. Well, amen. God, we just... um We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for you alone are worthy. Help us to live as if heaven is real. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Will you give the Lord a hand clap? God is so worthy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, we're going to give our missions offering. So if the ushers would come forward. Yes, go ahead, young man, and pass that bag right there, please, if you would. No, no, yeah, no, no, don't tell me you can't walk now. I know you can. Go ahead and pass them out, guys. And um, while we're doing that, let me tell you where this money goes, all right? We have three missions endeavors that we support. Number one, we support a missions endeavor in Beijing, China. Uh, Sister Stacy is there uh, reaching um, unwed mothers who are without family because of the shame aspect. Uh, she's bringing them in and their children. We are uh, serving the the stadiums in um, in Birmingham, Alabama, and they're trying to raise up, I don't know, a quarter million missionaries to go out into the, into the world and wherever God has called them. And the third endeavor is this. We got in touch with a missionary in South Sudan. Her name is Karen Grubbs. And I want to tell you, I want to read to you uh, the email that she sent me. And um, this is uh, just exactly in line with where we are. Uh, she says... Um, She's a four-square missionary, and I'm located in Moyo, Uganda, along the South Sudan border. Like many of the South Sudanese, we evacuated South Sudan in 2017. I have numerous South Sudanese camps within a couple, these are refugee camps, within a couple hours' drive from my location. Most are in extreme situations, lacking food, water, and reasonable housing. If you can imagine, it's the rainy season, and the UN tarp roofs for many, are starting to leak. My main focus, though, is development of leaders and church planting. That is exactly what we want to do in South Sudan. Okay? The rest we do as we can. Most of the churches are under the trees, which, with rain, can be a challenge. We are hoping to partner with people to put up temporary structures for them. I don't know what those temporary structures look like, but do you think we can do a couple of those? I think we can. I think we will. Let's do it. The goal is to have strong leaders that can return to South Sudan and plant churches in their home areas. And I do train children's ministry workers since 63% of the people in these camps are under the age of 18. And I do have teams that come and we have needs in many areas, including discipleship and children's ministry and she is looking forward to the opportunity to speak more with us about partnering together and a portion of what you give will go to support her and her missions effort and we will be meeting her in seattle uh at the international uh conference and discussing more ways that living grace can partner with her i believe the window of opportunity is wide open in south sudan and the ability to have access to refugee centers where we can train up the next generation of leaders that can go back and plant churches is precisely what we want to do. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Let's do it. Let's do it, church. Have a great week in Jesus. Back in the back, if you want to know more about a personal relationship with Christ, there's information for you. Men who are part of Tuesday Night Group, back there is also your booklet that you need to get. If you want to sign up for um, a garage sale spot, uh, spots are going quickly, you can do that back there. And on your way out this way is uh, information on the ladies' uh, tea that's coming up. And back there, on your way out the door, is uh, uh, if you're a guest that's visiting us, please stop by. We have a gift for you. And out in the parking lot, we have... No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we do want to also pray for you, and we take prayer very seriously. If you have a prayer need, we are here to pray alongside of you. And so our prayer team will be up here and be willing to pray If you guys. Have a great, great week in Jesus. God bless you.